my cup. Think to be a decker, most to see clean far them top. Get me kings of lint, Welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I'm your host, Judy Gold. And uh, what a week. (laughs) What a week. Any questions about this horrible Will Smith, Chris Rock thing, I want you to know I 100% stand with Chris Rock. There is no reason to publicly assault someone, publicly, privately assault someone for a stupid fucking joke. So there you go. Also, I wanted to let everyone know, if you are in Long Island, I'm going to be at Governor's in Levittown on April 9th. So get your asses there. That's Saturday, April 9th. Right now, we have the incredible, the very interesting and funny Zarna Garg. I met Zarna not too long ago, and wow, she's pretty amazing. So... Do not sit back. Do not relax. Do whatever you're doing. But listen, because it's really kind of, it's kind of a great story, as they all are. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this week's Kill Me Now. I mean, I know I have been killing it on Kill Me Now. My guests have been superb. Superb. And I'm really thrilled to be interviewing a woman who has not been in my industry very long, but has achieved success that most people it takes, let's say about 20 years to get to. But her story is fascinating. And she's a, she's a sensation. I would consider her an overnight sensation. But that has a lot of Michigas that goes with it and blah, blah, blah. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, today on my podcast that I do as a labor of love, because I make no money doing it, we have Zarna Garg! Woo! Namaste. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Oh, Zarna. Let me just tell you something, Zarna. I grew up in New Jersey... And the next town over from where I grew up is Edison, New Jersey. So that is the holy land for us. Yes. So yes. and and just FYI, the I grew up in Clark, New Jersey. I, I'm you know I'm semi ashamed of it because it's a, <laughs> such a racist, horrible place. I didn't pick it. Uh, we moved there when I was five, so it wasn't my decision. The houses in our neighborhood weren't even like built yet. So a lot of them. So it was a new place. And I was unaware of the KKK and all that stuff that was there. I think my parents were unaware of it too, but you know, Edison, that's where the Clark pool was. That's where my father dropped dead. Thank you. Um, But yeah, I grew up next to like, literally it's like part of our town, Edison. Is it the largest Indian population in the United States? Yeah, it is. It is. And it, it's been my dream to live in Edison like ever since I came to America. No way. No, I'm, I'm telling you, it was my dream. I don't know why, how I ended up on this island. I'm in Manhattan. I don't know right. how I feel like I for years I said it was Godzilla and me. We're stuck here. Right. But you uh, know what? But- you don't want to go to Edison. I'm telling you. Just visit and go eat in the restaurants. Do not. Well, that's the thing. The food. The food. 
the grocery stores, the Indian. It right. was my dream. I was like, I would just have a house in the Patel brothers parking lot if I could. So I could walk in and get fresh cilantro <laughs> every day. And somehow my husband, like we took a ro- wrong turn and we ended up buying a house in Connecticut for a few years. Wow. Connecticut. Like, How, what the what, hell is that? I know. Where's the Patel brothers here? And he's like, it's so good. It's beautiful. There's a beach, beach. There's a beach beach in New Jersey. What are you talking about? We're Indian. We don't go to the beach. I know. We don't know what to do on the beach. Tell Shalab. Is it Shalab? You know, you said it just right. Shalab? Yeah. Tell him to shut up and women rule. Okay. Listen, he's very (laughs) cute. I looked at some photos. He's very handsome. Uh, Zorna, you know, she, she, I, I guess you could say your fame came from TikTok, but you're so much more than a TikTok video. My sons made me go on TikTok. Your daughter or your son made you go on TikTok. You know, as you've described in multiple interviews, it is a cross generate. It's a way to get through to multiple generations of people, which is very smart. And you do have a very business like mind. And the the people I know who um, have looked at comedy as a business and have that business acumen have done extremely well because there are a bunch of people, as you know, that part of their brain doesn't work. Like for me, I do come from, you know, my father was a tax attorney my brother, you know, a lot of CPAs, doctors are turn- very, the Indians and the Jews, very similar. It's, similar. So, it's the same. Right. So I do get um, and my partner, Elisa, I do. Uh, that's the Jew bell, by the way. Um, she is a business, you know, so she's always like, Judy, you know, so I do get a lot of and that's exactly how she talks, by the way. I do get a lot of good business advice in my ear, but it's not how I think I'm st- I think like that more now that I'm older, like, fuck you. You're not taking advantage of me, but you yeah. know, I never had another job. Like, and so I think when people come to comedy as a, you know, an adult, you were married, you had kids, you were successful, you have a law degree and a, B- a bachelor of science degree. You do look at it as a business. And I, I was like a 19 year old college kid who's like, this is my dream and dream and dream and fame and dream and fame, you know? And so I think you're getting be- the best of both worlds. So let's start at the very beginning. Uh, you were raised in Bombay. Yeah. Um, you were born into a wealthy family. Yeah. Very wealthy. And, uh, what and I you- found a way to lose it all. <laughs> right. But that we'll get to that, but yeah. you you know, you lived in Bombay what is that like? I mean, there's definite major income inequality, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. like, Absolutely. do you think we're approaching it here, the same kind? I mean, there's income inequality in America and, and it's not good. Right. But, but India is a whole another level because the numbers that you talk about. Right. So you've got a few million handful of people who are very wealthy. Right. And then you've got a hot, like 900 million poor people. Right. So there's no real middle class in India, even though they've been trying to make it grow for uh, my entire existence. It's a little different in America. Like American poor is still like you have water, you have. Right. You know, 
Right. You have but we are losing the middle class as, yes. as you know. Oh, absolutely. There is, there is undoubtedly, there's a problem here. There's no doubt. But I'm just saying the scale, just the humanity, because America is what, a little under 400 million people and this right. big, big, gigantic landmass. India is 1 billion people more than that in one right. third of the land. So if so, you think of how many human beings are stuffed in how small a space, just visually alone, it's jarring whether you're rich or poor. Like, you know, when you're when that flight lands in India and the door opens, a sea of humanity that comes at you. Right. Uh, you have to be ready for it. What was it like before your life drastically changed when you were 14? Prior to the age of 14, what was your life like? It was great. And it's crazy because my life was a life of an American teenager in India. Right. I read Archie's. I watched uh, Three's Company come and knock on my door. Come and knock on my door. Yeah. Bootleg copies of everything that you guys probably had here, I had there. And that's why my existence in India was a little like people used to be like, who's this American? I was too American when I was in India and I hadn't even been to America yet. Did you go to uh, private schools with other wealthy Yeah, of course. Yeah, so you were so sort of segregated. Segregated. My school was one block, like one city block away from my house. But I wouldn't go if my car and my chauffeur weren't there. No, you had a chauffeur. Well, all right. What oh, was the chauffeur's a, name? What's the chauffeur's name? OK, so I'm, I'm going to tell you it's a really long name. Thakur Rajendra Prasad Singh. And he insisted that he had to be referred to by his whole name every oh, time. God. He felt like he was working for a wealthy family and he deserved respect for that. Right. But everybody has a chauffeur in India. Human labor is not a big deal. Chauffeurs, drivers, maids, sir, you know, every, there's cooks, cooks for each person. No way. Yes, way. <laughs> wait a minute. By the time so, this podcast is done, we're going to be like, why are we here? I know. So wait a minute. So you're, <laughs> how many kids in your family? I'm the youngest of four. Okay. So there's four of you. How big was your home? Palace? For India, massive. 5,000 square feet. Oh, my God. Like, that's massive in India. Right, because there's not as much land. And the Park Avenue equivalent. So 5,000 square feet on the Park Avenue of Bombay. You have your own room, I'm assuming. Absolutely. My own room, my own bathroom, which is a huge... What? Yes! Your own bathroom? Yes. I got, I'm going to go. I really am. I might stab myself by the end of this <laughs> podcast. Okay. So you had your own bathroom. I mean, did you have family meals? Like, what? how did yeah. it work? Absolutely. Every meal was like, you know, we had a lot of cooks. So everything was fresh right. made. <laughs> you ha How many cooks did you have? Two or three for sure. Because, you know, every my mom ate something and my dad didn't have his restrictions. and. We lived like how, if you could imagine, very, very, very rich people in America. That's how we lived. Even though we were not that rich, we were rich enough to live that life. So you, um, you had cooks, you had a chauffeur, you had, um, a apparently, did you ever make your bed? No, by no. What? No, you never, no. I got to move to India. No, no, never made my bread, never did my laundry. I didn't know how that stuff got done. It just got done. Go ahead. You don't throw things in a hamper. You just dropped it wherever. 
So you'd get up in the morning, it was like, and you didn't, all you had to do was dress yourself and everything else was. Yeah, everything. I mean, even dress yourself is questionable because there were people to help. No, I can't. This is like Jeff (laughs) Abbey. Okay. So. What? Yes, exactly. So, and, and were you close with, what did you call them servants or workers? What would you call them? So I, they they all had names, of course, and but I because I had an all American heart, which is still inexplicable where it came from, got yelled at by my parents every day because I would sneak the servants in, the ones who lived in our house, to sleep in my room because I had air conditioning in my room, and wow. it was so hot out that I couldn't stand that they had to sleep in one room, like five of them, and there was like barely a fan. So I would sneak them all in and be like, sleep on the floor in my room, you know, and they were. Oh, my God. They must have loved you. They loved me. And I was very loved by by everybody. My family, too. I mean, my parents would yell at me and then they would get over it and be like, you know, this is how it is in India. And I would be like, but it doesn't look like it's like this in Archie's comics. Like, it's like (laughs) a little different. Veronica's family was very rich. Right. In Archie's, I was like, they they don't have people sleeping on their floor. Where is everybody? Did you have to find all this American uh, stuff on your own? Like, or. No, it was part of the world. Like, everybody traveled. The richest people in India came to America to summer. So they brought back everything. And these these are people from India would move to America and then come back. Into yeah, India. They would just come for four weeks, six weeks, but they would like bags and bags of like American chocolates and hair products and the late like I remember the perm was big back when right. I was young. So we all rushed and got a perm because Americans were getting perms. Wow. You got a perm. <laughs> I got a perm too. It was so stupid. Look at my hair. So um first of all, were you aware or at what age were you aware that you were privileged? No, I knew. No, you know you're privileged in India because the poverty is in your house. It's not around. It's in the poor can't even watch TV. They can't like you're in a house with 10 TVs. The poor can't sit down and watch the servants. They are, you know, everything is delivered. So who are all these delivery people? Like the milk would get delivered fresh every day. The fruits, literally, what is the best fruit in the market today? And it would show up at 7 a.m. But some little and often I, I don't know your your listeners want to hear this. Often it was little kids who would be like, "No, they want. I want. Yeah, that it's you know, awful. It's it's. It, but that's the reality. So you, I was very aware, hyper, and if anything, I always had a social conscience. So I I remember being very young and opening a bank of Bombay in my bedroom and thinking, how can I get these guys bank accounts? Because they had no right. bank accounts. Did any do any of your siblings feel the same way as you or your parents? So, you know, my they're all good people, but they they never questioned the system as much as I did. I railed against the system since ever since I can remember. Right. I, I was like couldn't understand why it was this way. And why And you saw them as equal people, your right. servants. And I saw them as I mean, uh, better than some of us, if you ask me, like there right. a lot of rich brats. And I'll tell you this. I was very rich, but I was never bratty. It just wasn't my right. thing. But I had friends. 
I mean, friends who would slap their servants, beat them up. No way. It's it's all part of life in India. I mean, it's really if you if you've seen the movie The White Tiger. Right. That Priyanka Chopra produced a few, you know, a year or two ago. It's actually pretty real. And so, I saw it. It's so incredible that people don't and and that if you're if you're brought up in that, you don't see that's all you know. So I think in my case, because I was the youngest and often my own parents or my siblings didn't have time for me, I spent so much time with the help that I And you bonded with them. Right. right. My heart was always with them and I was always crusading for their rights. Did you forge this bond like uh, where you would tell your secrets or you when you ran home from school? I mean, yeah. was it was it a very close relationship? Yeah, absolutely. And they knew everything, what was going on in my life. I knew what I played with their kids. Often I played with their kids. I was the English teacher to their kids because right. they didn't have access to English. But I loved English. So I was like, let me teach you ABCs. Come on over. So a lot of these kids that were, you know, delivering the milk or, you know, were uneducated. They did not get. Yeah, they they had to work to support their families. So crazy. Yeah. It's so crazy. Can you imagine now when my kids whine about something here in Manhattan? Right. I know, right? Yeah. I couldn't get an Uber. I had to wait three minutes. Like, shut it was the on the other side of the street. Like, you know, I was like, either I'm going to become that mom who kills her kids or I should do comedy and right. find some gold in this. Right. <laughs> you know, I love my liquid IV, that I drink liquid IV pretty much every day. And I love it because it keeps me hydrated. I travel with it because it's in little packets. It tastes great. It's an amazing product. It hydrates better than water alone, three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks, eight vitamins and nutrients, non-GMO. But here's the best part. You know, I've been bragging about Ben, my son, Ben, who plays basketball. His team, his entire team, they love Liquid IV. I mean, they are number four in the nation. They are an amazing team. They've done better than ever this year. Dare I say it's because of the Liquid IV? I'm not going to say for sure, but I'm telling you, these athletes love Liquid IV. They love all the flavors, strawberry, lemonade. I love the watermelon. I never give them any of my watermelon. They have sugar-free, white peach, green grape, lemon, lime. It makes you feel great. And if you need a little caffeine, the, the uh, lemon ginger is beyond, beyond. And I know they use it while they're working out. I'm pretty sure they might use it after a game that they won and went out and had, you know, a couple of drinky poos. But that being said, I love Liquid IV. They're a great sponsor. They're a great product. And I honestly couldn't live without them. And it's winter still. You need to be hydrated. Hydration is very important. So weekends are for going wild, as you all know. Have a game plan for Monday. That's what you need. I just had this conversation with Ben's girlfriend. I said, if you're going to go out and party, you need a game plan. And what's your game plan? Liquid IV. Weekends are for going wild. Have a game plan for Monday with Liquid IV. Grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free 
in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Superior Hydration today using promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at liquidiv.com. You're welcome! What was school like? It, was it Americanized? You would, would you, did you have grammars? Did you have extracurricular activities? Was there, I mean, like here, was it a public school? Was it, or was it, you know, cause the government, you know, we have public schools here. Yeah. What so was, I went to a private school, a very elite private school. And what was the name? Kambala Hill High School. It was okay. British people left it behind and we kept it, I guess. Okay. And it was a great school. I love school. I'm one of those rare Indian women who just loved being educated, love reading, love learning. Was they, that encouraged or was that no, discouraged? No, I mean, I'll tell you overall, like, you know, here in America, oh, read a book. No right. one in India is saying read a book. Why would you read a book? It's not math. It's all so it's it's all factual and mathematical and math, engineering. It's not math. It's yeah. not a science experiment. Like, why are you reading a story? Who so create creativity is not fostered or not at, and especially uh, discouraged among women. So even if there was a reading privilege, it would have probably gone to my brothers. Right. But with me, my dad would have been like, but why? But because in his mind, the more I knew of the world, the more problematic my life would be. Right. Because then I would have all these ideas of independence and freedom and, you know, so. Um, and for a woman, that's just the worst or a girl. So our newspaper used to get delivered at 5 a.m. in India. And I was so curious what's happening in the world that I would read the newspaper cover to cover at 5 a.m. the minute it wow. was But my dad used to yell at me because, you know, he wanted the freshly pressed newspaper. Like not rump. Oh, up. my father used to, you couldn't touch the newspaper no, before he, right? oh my God, that's a Jew thing too. That is a Jew thing. It was, you, you know, you, you, uh, you couldn't touch it. There couldn't be a wrinkle or, and yeah. So I, I used to read it and be so scared that he'd right. find out. I would put it under the sofa cushions and sit on it and get it back. <laughs> So that by the time he touched it, he didn't realize that I had already gone through it. But I was that crazy, curious kid that was like, I, if we came at 4.50, I was like, I get 10 extra minutes. Right. I mean, it's so interesting. And we'll probably get to this later on, but that, you know, you think of, you know, Indian women who come to America and they're so accomplished yeah. and they're, you know, such high achievers and yet that is discouraged. Well, look, there is a there, there is a very large populated population of India that's educated and believes right. in. I just happen to come from a more traditional family. Right. And by the way, to for clarity, it wasn't the um, intention wasn't to ruin my life by any of course. Way. Right. My father arranged all three of my siblings very successfully. They're all doing very well today. My sister has her own airplane. There are days when I'm like, what was I thinking? What? She has her own airplane? Yeah. I, I need to meet her. I need to meet her. Wildly, her husband is wildly successful. They've been happily married 30 something years. They All three of their kids are doctors. 
See what yeah. what did I do with my life? I even had to. Where ha- does I she live? She lives in America, She's in Ohio. She's in, in Ohio. Ohio, right? Yeah. Okay. I I hate her, by the way. <laughs> so you know what I mean? My dad thought that in in their world, that insular life where you don't know much about the world, and they're gonna right. Guide it's easier. You, what what, what do you don't know can't hurt you. Can't hurt you. That was more their mindset. He wasn't really a mean person. And my family wasn't really like, oh, my God, like right. her eyeballs out. So she doesn't. It wasn't that. Right. It was much more like the Tradition. world is so mean. Don't get involved with the world. We're right. going to find a safe spot for you. So how much younger are you than your your second youngest sibling? Ten years. So you're a mistake. Yeah. Don't you think? Big mistake. Yeah. Big mistake. Um, so it's 10 years and then 10, 12 and 15. My okay. So they were all formed, you know, like it was all planned and then, uh Oh, Zarna. Yeah. Okay. Which in a way, even the way you came into this world is part of, you know, who you are and why you're so curious because you weren't expected. You weren't, you know, I, I, I love that. So, so you have this beautiful life. And you're 14 years old and your your parents are planning a wedding. Is that correct? Or were they involved with the wedding and your mother gets jaundice? Yeah. And is it no one noticed? Like, and and it's just because they're so preoccupied. No one, including her, noticed. And she, she was fully yellow and she didn't realize. And she I mean, this is something that could be treat. It's very treatable. Um, babies get it when they, you know, yeah. and she dies suddenly. Yeah. That's I, I right. mean, and you're 14 years old. I mean, that must be the defining, really the defining, major defining moment of, of you. And in hindsight, you know, at the moment I was just you, you learn survival is such a primal instinct. Right. That you it's kicks in in me. Like at that time, my only thought was like, oh, my God, what's going to happen to me? Because she did shield me from a lot of, uh, you know, from a lot of my dad's crazy ideas. And what was she like? What was. um so my mom was a was a working woman actually shockingly back in the day in India she she was a nursery school teacher. Oh, uh, what was her name? Yeah, Jyotsna. Oh. So she uh you know she and uh, she worked so she knew what it was like to have your own income which is Right. very very few women in India know what that feels like. Just to, I, I know, just even if it's not a lot, just to it, be able to know you earned that yourself and, and it is yours. yours. Yeah. So she knew what that felt like. And she was a very, uh, but she was a pragmatic woman and she came from that world. And her, you know, older kids had all been successfully arranged and she kind of bought into it, even though she would tell me, she would let me read. She understood my passion for you know, the newspaper and this, like she would find little workarounds for me. Do you want to get a copy of this? Like, like if we got a copy of Teen Vogue or something, it would be right. like, oh my God, like it's Christmas. Right. You know, but so, she would find ways to find a copy for me because she knew I was like obsessing over Growing Pains, I think was a TV show. Oh, Family yes. Guys, 
all these shows, I was watching them and I, every day was a struggle. Like, how do I get the next episode? I mean, it seems like she, she was molding you, letting you know you're allowed to have hopes and dreams and be an individual. What a beautiful legacy to leave, you yeah. know? Well, um, at the very least, she didn't think I was committing a crime. Like, it, right. you know, you would think otherwise that some woman is committing a crime reading Vogue. Right. You know. She dies. It it must have been so devastating. I, I can't even imagine. Um, I mean, I, w- I think the big, the sh- she died was a shock, but the fact that she just went from healthy to dead in two weeks. Right. And And, you know, in India... No one really talks to the kids. This is a cultural thing too. Like I've noticed in America, it's a lot of like, let me explain to Tim. Right, right. This is a, no one does that. In, there's not even the, the genre of kids films, kids movie doesn't exist. Kids watch everything. They watch movies where girls are getting raped and murdered right. and mauled because the adults can't be bothered. Right. You know, no one's going to pay ticket money to go watch a movie. Who's What adult's going to sit through a kid's movie in India? Right. No one. So the bigger shock for me was like somebody told me my mom was going to go get a checkup and then she never came back. Oh. oh and I think is... they just forgot. I think they forgot right. to tell me. It's just, it's so awful. And at that age. So, so what happens is you are 14. You, you, your father, I I heard you in an interview say that he was broken and here you are and your and your and your siblings are, are married off. So what, first of all, what does that look like an arrangement? Like, how does that work and arrange, like what happens? What is the process? So So who's your, who's the oldest? Is is your sister? My brother is my oldest, then my sister, then another brother, and then me. Okay, so how how does that, like, can you go through that process? So the calculus of the arranged marriage is what I've written my screenplay about. It's what motivated me to write it. Because I think in America, you've heard the phrase arranged. Right. And everybody knows that means the parents are involved in some capacity. Right. I mean, they do it. The Hasidic Jews do it. And, you know, if you watch this all, you see how they do. Yeah. Okay. But in India, it's down to a precise science almost. Okay. It's like a level of horse trading that maybe people aren't aware of here. So you could have like there are marriage brokers, which now thanks to Indian matchmaking and shows like that, people know that these brokers. Right. Oh yes, we watched that. That was a great show. But so yes. you saw that woman, right? There right. are brokers like that all over the country. And they're Who's not nice. Not- I mean, if you watch Fiddler on the Roof, they have Yenta. She's a yeah. marriage broker. So yeah, but- I mean, when their job is to, you know, to manage expectations on both right, sides right. And, and tell you, you know, you can't get a doctor because the girl is five foot. She's right. not even five foot. And he has a receding hairline, oh but she's wearing oh eyeglasses. And she she could be fairer. Like, she's very dark. You know, I don't oh know. Oh, my God. Know. Like, I remember, you know, when the Meghan Markle interview dropped with Oprah in America. Yes. And she was like, oh, the royal family wanted to know what the baby's complexion Color, would be. yeah. Like, the whole of India was like, and like, this is every grandmother in India. Right. We couldn't understand. Like, it was so shocking. And Oprah is like, oh, my God. And everybody was, oh, my God. 
and the indian whatsapp lit up we're like what happened like what did she do we shouldn't the grandmother <laughs> right. ask what you know we couldn't understand uh, my people could i understood because i'm here now but they couldn't understand what she did wrong the queen by inquiring crazy yeah yeah they hired this woman yeah a man and- in my case Okay. And yeah. yeah. So, uh, I'm no, no. Oh, the men are also brokers. Yeah. The men, the biggest brokers are men. Of course. I don't th- Why? How does a man know? And how? Oh, he knows he's going to make you step on, on a scale and be like, I need to see how much you really weigh. Oh, go fuck yourself. Oh my God. <laughs> Awful. Okay. So, all right. So your brother, they have someone, right? And then so what happens? You have a meeting with the... So my dad didn't even hire. The day after she died, my mom died. He said to me, you need to get married. Right. So this is why you leave. You, you... I'm done. I'm done parenting. And and I could tell that he was bro- like, he was shocked too. Everybody right. And, shocked. and the fact that you, the culture doesn't process things, you know, yeah. that's what I love about Shiba. You know, when... Um, the way Jews do death, where it is this, here's what you're going to do for the first seven days. Right. Here's what you're going to do for the first month. Here's what you're going to do for the first year. And like, it's a very gradual process of allowing yourself to grieve. So in in your culture, it's it's not like that. It is. Well, there is it technically a 13 day grieving period. Right. But. but- the reality is that the the quest to just survive is so great that not every family is honoring that. And honestly, right. think about even Jewish families. If the dad died, the mom might honor all the traditions. Right. But if it was the other way around, would every dad honor every one of these traditions? I'm not who sure. Knows? You know? Who knows? Yeah. Like, who knows? In my case, she died, and my dad, who was the most pragmatic, we are going to survive everything. Right. You know, he was, was like, there emotion? Did you see him cry? Was oh, there? Never. Terrible. No. It was, he was like, look, she's gone. That's, you know, she's gone, and now you need to get married. So he and- says to you, you're 14, I can't parent anymore. That was her job, basically. So yeah. you need to get married. And you realize, I got to get the fuck out of here. Well, I didn't I didn't think I was getting, I thought I was going to reason with him and be like, I, I don't want to get married, but I would continue living my life. Right. Well, I wasn't planning on leaving, but right. he made it, he thought that if he pushed me enough, he would scare me. And he's like, no, 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 you, you, you don't have that option. You're either getting married or you have to go find your own way. You think you know better? You read all these books, you think the Americans are coming for you, you know everything, go find your own way. Hey everyone, you know, one of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which, yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids, and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity, and eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor, I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great. 
It is high quality and they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved, and literally you heat them for two minutes. Every week you have over 35 options to choose from. They have Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, Keto, I Just Did Chef's Choice, 60 or more add-ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. And they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep. There's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing and so convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required. Okay? And factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me. I never lie. Factor is amazing. You're going to head to factormeals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S dot com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero. Okay? Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D five zero, Judy Gold 50, to get 50% 50% off. That's code JudyGold50 at factormeals.com slash JudyGold50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. So you leave, you have $9 in your pocket. Um, I mean, this is- when you're 14 and you leave, you think life is going to be a pajama right. party at your friend's right. house. Right. Now, when you, know. you when you did, made this decision, this conscious decision that you were going to leave, who did you tell? My friends. Who did you tell the servants or yeah, the... Yeah, yeah, they all knew. Yeah, absolutely. They knew. And they... Look, no one thought I would leave, leave. Everybody right. They thought, thought all right, Zarna's being crazy. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, yeah, she'll be back tomorrow. And they thought he'll go and get her. Like everybody thought somebody's going to break and the situation will be resolved. And what's going on in your head? Do you remember like, did you realize, like, were you like, oh, you guys don't realize. No, I'm out of here. Like well, I had so many friends because of my extremely privileged life that I was like, I'll I'll live with them for a few years. Right. What's the big deal? They all right. have servants and big houses. Right. They can What's fit me. Kid? Yeah. Yeah. His mom said she loved me. And you know, and two days later, it's like my mom says you have to go back. I was like, go back. I have nowhere to go back. I'm right. here. Right. And then the reality, and that's what when I was leaving, my dad is like, Where are you gonna go? And I said, I'm gonna go to my friends. And he's like, You think you have friends? All that is going to disappear the minute you leave this gate. And it was like, and I was like, he doesn't know anything. My friends are the best. We watch TV right. together, you know. So we'll, you you pack up your bags. I mean, one bag. Okay. You things. leave. Yeah. Where do you go first? To my best friend, then best friend's house. 
And, and she, what happens? And her mom, like, of course, she knew my mom and she said, come on in. So the first day or two is like very, what can we do for you? But by then they realized that I left without my father's consent. Ah. So they didn't know, right? They just thought this kid is shocked. Like, right. And she's my kid's friend and they were all friends with my mom. So they were like, come stay with us for a few days if it's going to make you feel better. And then slowly as news traveled that my dad's not on board with this and that I've actually kind of little bit run away. It became like, no, 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 you need to go yeah. back home. You need to work it out with your dad. You know, it was like one after another, the door started shutting on me. How do you get to America? So my sister was in Ohio. Right. Right. And, um, I she knew I told her two days into the situation that I I can't live at home and she's like if you can make your way to America you can live with me. Now did she did she come back for your mother's funeral? Well, she was in India because we were preparing for my my last sibling before me's wedding, so she okay. was there. But okay. She had left at the time because she had to go back home to right, her Right, of course, to her family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So during the whole turmoil, but she left me and she said you need to find your way to America and we're going to bring you there and you will come there. But the practicality of trying to leave India and come to America by yourself with the, with a visa and a pay passport and all right. that it takes, that was a whole another project, you know? And wow. I, I remember sitting, going to the U S embassy every day and going like, I need a visa. And I was so simplistic in my mind because I had read that America is a democracy. That means your president has to listen to you. Right. So I was like, but my sister is telling you guys that she needs me there. So what's the problem? <laughs> oh, yeah. So yeah. but it's good that you were so innocent like that because it it may it kept you going and going and going. going. So I mean, yeah. are you going to school? While you're trying, are you still going to your school while you're trying, while you're going to the so embassy? I, so in India, you can pay people to attend school for you. What? <laughs> and it's not a lot of money. I mean, a lot of girls don't even go. Their parents just pay to get the degree. That is crazy. Yeah, because they don't actually want their kid in the school. They just right. want the degree so they can say that their kid right. has a degree and whatever. So I, I didn't even have to pay. Everybody in my world knew the mess I was in. Right. And so I would just, I would show up if I could from wherever I was sleeping the night before and like, you know, take some exam, do something, keep it going somehow while I was trying to figure out how to come to America. And, and at some point I just broke. I went back to my dad. I mean, my driver, actually, the chauffeur found me and he took me back. And he said, you, you just need to come back. There's nothing's going to happen. I was, I was couch surfing for over a year. Wow. Well, you were a comic then. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing that, yeah. you know what, honestly, now that I trace the roots back, it's like that year of people saying, oh, let her come for Diwali dinner. She makes people laugh. Right. You know, it. she's joyous. Yeah. It's she good to have her happy. around. Yeah. And I knew that that like I could make everybody feel better about their lives, no matter what was happening. Right. In my own life. And now in hindsight, and I read before I became a comedian, I read Kevin Hart's book and he has right. a similar story up top of his mom and being invited to people and things. And that was the first time I was like, 
oh my God, could it be? Right. It's a, you know, I've heard you say this and I say it in my book, you know, comedy is a coping mechanism, but it's a weapon. And it's also, if you use it wisely, you know, it disarms people and will get you everything you want or need. And as Jews, you know, we've had to use it because, you know, when you're persecuted, it's the best defense. Okay. So you go back, but then you eventually get to, how do you get to Ohio? In my innocence, one day the U.S. Embassy said to people, people said to me, go, you know, I was like, I don't understand why not my, your president and my sister, I was babbling anything. He's like, oh, go talk to the president yourself. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I went to what was famously the American library in, in, in Bombay. American embassy had a beautiful library that anybody who wanted to could go in. And I started reading, like, how do you call the president? Right. <laughs> and I saw, you have representatives. So I started writing to everybody that I could. I was like writing my whole dramatic life story. Like my sister is there and I want to be there and I'm going to study. I promise you I'm going to be good. And I started sending letters all over the place. And one letter reached a desk in Ohio that he's like, okay, if if she's willing to come here as a student. That is amazing somebody is willing to pay for her which my sister was willing to pay for me to go to college he's like you know back then international students were a rare commodity right full paying international students and in a small town in ohio you know what i mean yes he do you know who the representative is i i don't want to say because i don't want to get him in trouble because in a post-trump world we've all oh, right right putting this well, story thank on. You, whoever you are Yes, he 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 is now retired, and he have was you much ever met young. him? Yeah, yeah. As oh, soon good. as I landed, I went to say thank you to him, and he was like, "Study to your heart's content." I was like, oh. <laughs> "Now I'm gonna take a wild guess that he's a Democrat." Democrat, yeah. Oh wow! What? Bing, yes. bing, 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 bing. Okay, <laughs> so you go to your sisters, yeah. and I mean, thank God for that. And yeah. Oh, my sister saved my life. I mean, and she, even though she was arranged very like young, 16, 17 herself, her husband who's a doctor said to me, he goes, you are going to do what you want to do. No one's going to tell you. I love them. He, they were, they saved my life. There's no, uh, there's no. What's her name? Parol. Parol and she like, she lived. Parol, I love you. Uh, so and she you, continues to be my biggest champion today. Like anything happens, we're running to her. Yeah. So you then go to University of Akron. Yeah. And you get a BS in finance. That's right. And then you go to Case Western. Do you go immediately to law school? Immediately, because they were willing to support me, my sister and brother-in-law. And I was so scared. What if they change their mind? That I, like, I finished uh, undergrad and law school in five or five and a half years, all of it. Oh, I never took a single M-G-M. break. Because, like, you M-G-M. don't understand, when you're living on somebody's... Right. You just want the graces, independence. Right. No, and also, you're really insecure. That if right. they should change their mind tomorrow, like, they had their own kids, they had their right. own lives. They were never, they were. But that was it. Was that in your head and not, and that had not. 
they never said this was me. Yeah, because this is I all in your head. I had been kicked out of so many homes by then. Right. I had been kicked out of so many homes what? in India right. by then where they were like, they took me in and the next day they're like, you know what? My dad needs to talk to you. And I knew right. what that meant. Right. You know, uh, so I was, I didn't take a minute off. I raced through the whole thing. I was like, I let me just. Did, and you live, did you live, uh, you didn't live at college, right? No, I lived with her most of the time. And law and, school, I moved out for a year or a year and a half because right. it was a little far. Right. Because Case West. Yeah. So, and I'm sure you got straight A's. Is that correct? Mostly, yeah. Actually, law school, I was not that strong a student. It was more B's, but yeah. Okay, whatever. So, yeah. Thank you so much for listening to part one of Kill Me Now with Zarna Garg. Love her, love her, love her. Kill Me Now was produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling. This podcast would not be possible without... The help of Brittany Joe Sowards. If you have not subscribed, uh, if you have not left a review, fuck you. No, you really need to because um, I need people to listen so I can keep it on the air. Uh, five stars, five stars, five stars. Also, uh, if you have not read my book, yes, I can say that when they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble. Now is a really fantastic time to read it, especially after this debacle with uh, Chris Rock and Will Smith, who is 100% wrong. So I think the book would explain a lot. Plus, I wrote it. Plus, it's a great book. So yes, I can say that when the comfort of the comedians were all in trouble. Get it. The, the audiobook was in the uh, New York Times book review. It, it's really good because I, Judy Gold, recite the book. If you uh, live near Levittown, New York, which is on Long Island. I need you to come to my show April 9th, Saturday. I need a lot of things from you. Um, I need to thank all the people who listened to the end. I I know you're out there. Uh, and I promised I would get a list of names and go through my um, social media, but I didn't do that. And so now I feel guilty. Well, I always feel guilty, but now I really feel guilty I am going to do this. I am. I'm pro, I at some point I will be thanking the people who listen to the end. But just know, if you wrote to me and told me that you listened to the end, I'm thinking of you and only you. That's it. I just uh, I, I want to nap all the time. I'm just I don't know. Anyone else feel like napping all the time? And I can like let's get this weather warm. I can't take it. Also, check everything out. I'm going to be in L.A. May sixth. Uh, at the Elysian Theater, Elysian, and then I'm taping Netflix is a joke, uh, the standout special on the 7th. There's 7,952 LGBTQ plus people on that show, and I'm one of them. So go to my website, judygold.com, and you can get my book there. You can see where I'm performing. You can read about me because I'm so fascinating. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. And TikTok, I have to do more TikToks. I haven't done any in a while. At Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D, because I'm Jewish. <laughs> um, we got a lot of great guests coming up on the podcast. I'm really excited. And I'm really excited that you are listening because I do it for you. I mean, I do it for me because I love it, but I do it for you. It just me. I really do appreciate it a thousand percent. And I don't know what else to say. Oh, yes, I do. So long!